Thank you for listening to the Patrick Healy Podcast. It's for entertainment purposes only, and you can find more in the show notes and on my Instagram profile at PBCN. I'd say I ultimately listen to 75% of Joe Rogan's podcasts, at least part of them. I noticed he hadn't been on for a few days. Uh, I don't think since last week. And we're going into Thursday because Wednesday afternoon I checked and there was no new podcast. And then before I walked into the gym on my Instagram, a post from Joe Rogan showed up and it detailed how he had gotten COVID. He'd come down with some symptoms, gotten checked, and then subsequently treated, and he'd used uh, ivermectin, I believe like recombinant therapy, and a Z-Pack, which is an antibiotic. It's this thing they dole out to college kids when they go to the nurse when they're not feeling well. A Z-Pack is extremely over-prescribed which is ironic to this little story. But he said uh, he only felt bad for one day, and it had been basically two days, and he felt great. And I was happy to hear that, because when I got COVID, I was and I was vaccinated, I, I was down for over six weeks. I'm still not sure I feel all better. And, of course... I always want to look out for number one, but secondary to that, I've learned how important the spoken word is throughout the pandemic. I would have lost my mind if not for podcasts, and uh, I'd like Joe Rogan to keep doing his thing. So to hear that he felt like himself two days later after receiving these treatments sounded like a great thing to me. I didn't think anything else of it should have I mean if I'm going to talk about these things I go into the gym I train some I watch some legendary shit go down as Nick Diaz prepares for his comeback against Robbie Lawler And then I hop in my car, and I got a couple of text messages, and I check Twitter, and Joe Rogan's trending on Twitter, and Joe Rogan's not trending on Twitter because people are glad he's alive. Joe Rogan's trending on Twitter because, you know, tens of thousands of people, I don't know how many people are on Twitter, I don't really engage with it like that, maybe hundreds of thousands. I doubt people get a million likes on Twitter, maybe they do. But at least tens of thousands of people were trashing the fact that Joe Rogan had taken ivermectin. They were saying he was an idiot who was taking horse dewormer. And I'm so sick of this horse dewormer shtick. People, the same people who are like anti-hunting but then they eat meat because they say that hunting is disgusting. 
are the kind of people that talk about animal medications inaccurately. First of all, they've never been in a feed store. If they'd ever been in a feed store, they'd realize that there are a lot of medications that animals take that have human versions. Vaccines, for one, ironically. You know, ivermectin's not a vaccine. It's questionable whether or not the COVID shots from Moderna and Pfizer are even vaccines. But your normal vaccines, like I, I vaccinate my dog with vaccines purchased at the feed store, the, the animal store for livestock and farm animals, steroids, commonly used for all sorts of livestock, like cows and horses, et cetera, et cetera. And there's all kinds of steroids. There are anabolic steroids and they're like immunosuppressive steroids, like, like prednisone. People talking all this shit have also never spent any serious time in a gym because they would know that humans take animal versions of drugs all the time. Humans take veterinary-grade steroids every day without any problem. A large contingency of the bodybuilding community is using veterinary drugs. They're more or less the same thing as human drugs. There's a sometimes less dosing accuracy, but it's the same shit it works. keep talking about because something's sold at the feed store that it's only for animals. They're calling Joe Rogan a racehorse and shit like that. Because I really want to grow old in America, the land of the free. And people this callous and stupid are not going to keep this country alive. The real story of ivermectin is that it's a miracle drug. William Campbell and Satoshi Amura won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2015 for ivermectin. The derivatives, so different versions of ivermectin, radically lowered the incidence of river blindness and lymphatic filariasis and it's shown efficacy, efficacy against an expanding number of other parasitic diseases all around the world. Ivermectin is a human-first drug. It gets used a lot in America on horses because we don't have the same sanitary conditions for animals that we have for people in America. But in other countries, they don't have sanitation on the level of America. And so they, they have parasite issues. Ivermectin is an FDA-approved drug for humans. Regardless of whether or not it works for COVID, I mean, people have been taking zinc and vitamin C. You don't hear the same thing. Vitamin C is to prevent scurvy, but 
people aren't wishing people death and calling them horses if they take vitamin C to help improve their skin or their immune system, even if it's not labeled by the FDA to do that. In fact, all these vitamins and supplements aren't labeled by the FDA to do anything. But I've learned not to get sucked in on Twitter. I've learned that there's only a certain type of person on Twitter. Most people I know aren't on Twitter. Most people I know on Twitter don't actually participate and have wars in the chats. The people on Twitter who do all of that talking are either people who just have internet jobs and and it's right there and they're texting people all day anyway or they're extremely lonely hurt ugly people and it's an outlet for retaliation and trying to build importance when you're so underwhelming in real life that no one pays attention to you so it makes sense to you to go spend time in a digital ecosystem flaming people and 90 characters or 100 characters or whatever it is. So I'm just like, well, this is stupid. You know, instead of people being like, hey, Joe Rogan got better quick and many, many people are being hospitalized over the Delta variant who are, are vaccinated. So this is nice. Good for him. He can keep podcasting. Let alone maybe this is something we should look at people taking if they do contract the disease as a way to stop its replication within the body and allow the body to get rid of it quicker. So I get home and I start doing my research for the next morning for trading. I go to NPR because I like to know what educated people are saying, not because I believe NPR's news, which, just so you know, I usually don't. If you fact check a lot of the NPR stories, especially about politics, they're, they're about on the level of CNN, which is absolute dog shit, horse shit in this conversation, right? But the thing about NPR is that the majority of adult listeners of NPR have college educations. And America taught us that people with college educations are more intelligent than those who don't have them. They've learned skills like reasoning and critical thinking. NPR, instead of reporting real news, had a headline that said, Joe Rogan takes horse drug, a horse dewormer. He says he has COVID and he's taking a horse dewormer. And there were thousands of comments on the short article. Thousands. They just kept being added like it kept refreshing my screen.
all of these comments, I have to assume, were either by college-educated people, supposedly those you know, on the on the higher end of intelligence in this country, or bots. Guess how many people in the comments were correcting NPR and pointing out that two doctors were awarded the Nobel Prize for inventing a drug that drastically reduced parasites in countries that lacked the same sanitation the United States does. A worldwide problem had got it in check. That the drug was FDA approved. That many drugs are used off-label for all kinds of conditions. Hell, some of the best antidepressants and best ADD medications are those used off-label for those things. None of that was being said. What was being said was Joe Rogan's an idiot. I hope he dies from taking horse pills. How stupid for using an animal drug. He's not a vet. What is he doing? And I saw multiple morons right on there that <clears throat> I'm a, a respiratory tech. And respiratory tech means like you hold a bag over someone's face or you plug in a machine. You're not a doctor. And they talk like that's something where they've had to be board certified and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, I hope he dies because he's ruining our ICUs. Nonsense. What else is nonsense is my notion that NPR is full of smart people. People with bachelor's of arts degrees somehow seem to have less common sense than people with just street smarts or people with bachelor's of science degrees. They're consistently stupid and they consistently adopt ideologies that are relatively extreme in their lack of logic. I invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into being educated in academia. My family believed that it was like a way to be, become smarter. And in retrospect, I got a lot of bad information as a student. I was smarter and had more common sense when I was 15, listening to punk rock than I was when I came out of high school, probably when I came out of college. And I had to go back and relearn a lot of that stuff. Something that kept coming up in those comments was, Ivermectin's not FDA approved to treat COVID. Well, first of all, nothing is, right? I mean, if you want to talk about that fake Pfizer, that fake Pfizer approval when the drug hasn't even been around long enough to know what it, what the deal is with it and what the long-term side effects are. Uh, that doesn't count. Otherwise, there are no drugs you know, where they're approved by the FDA to treat COVID. We don't even really know what COVID is. We don't know where it started. No one seems to care. They're more interested in trashing Joe Rogan. They want to see him die because he's questioned the efficacy of vaccines and the origin of the pandemic. 
two good logical questions that have yet to be answered, by the way. But they're not using common sense. The FDA hasn't approved not being fat either. Hasn't approved having a healthy diet. The FDA also approved cigarettes, and Oxycontin, and fentanyl. The FDA is a bad actor. But even if the FDA is a good actor, that's why doctors prescribe over a quarter of their medications to patients off-label because they find good uses for stuff. FDA approval really just means that an insurance company has to pay for it. That's what it really means. We've got lots of FDA-approved cancer drugs. None of them cure cancer. The idea that someone shouldn't take something because it's not FDA approved is retarded. And we're not supposed to have retarded people being able to graduate from college. I mean, there are some exceptions, and I actually know some very intelligent retarded people, but they needed a lot of help. And they would need help getting on a, uh, a message board on the NPR website meaning they're not there. These people um, are just retarded. The reason ivermectin is interesting is because it affects the binding of certain chemicals, certain viruses, during part of cell replication. It affects that cell replication. By using it off-label, doctors have found that it is helpful with many different types of parasitic diseases. The only way you know is if you try. And the FDA approval did find that ivermectin, when dosed properly, is very safe. Here's a reality of ivermectin. The effective dose is pretty close to a dangerous dose. So your dosing needs to be exact for you to have no problems. That's where the vet propaganda has its roots in that veterinary or animal-grade ivermectin sometimes has other ingredients in it and the dosing isn't as exact. Because veterinary stuff doesn't have the same FDA restrictions, when it's compounded in a pharmacy, it doesn't have to be as spot-on in terms of the ingredients and ratios. And so someone could take veterinary ivermectin and it could be underdosed or it could be overdosed. And it could either do nothing or it could cause them problems. If you get human-grade ivermectin compounded in a human-grade pharmacy or human-grade pharmaceutical lab, you don't have any of those problems. It's proven to be safe, whereas the COVID vaccine is proven to have plenty of potential complications that are not safe. Lifelong permanent complications.
and tens of thousands of Twitter and NPR website warriors, Facebook too, are out there with their college educations, providing misinformation about ivermectin as solely a horse dewormer. None of these people have actually looked up ivermectin, which says a lot about people who have gotten college degrees. A college degree does not mean that you look things up before you speak. A college degree doesn't mean you're happy. A college degree doesn't mean you're not fat. A college degree doesn't mean you're not depressed. A college degree doesn't mean really jack shit except you might qualify for some niche, industrial, weird, boring job. And if you want to do that, that's great. I want to do that. But I also want to be intelligent. And my college degree didn't provide that. And that was a shock to me. And some people listening to this are probably shocked. They're probably turned off by me because they have a college degree and they wanted it to mean something. So feel free to feel mad at me. But also know that I'm right. And your life isn't over if your college degree was meaningless. At least you're making some money with it, maybe. But all those people on all those websites are spreading misinformation. And NPR has spent a lot of times cultivating an image of being very neutral, very helpful, very information-based, very public, right? It's public radio. And NPR is now, I don't know that they're in cahoots with the government, but... NPR isn't being honest, and they're not fact-checking the people that are writing their articles, which is troubling. Some of the stuff I've quoted today, I'm, I'm looking right on NobelPrize.org, the official website of the Nobel Prize. I'm not making up that ivermectin in 2015 was the reason that the Nobel Prize was awarded to two great scientists. Joe Rogan isn't taking a horse dewormer. Joe Rogan is taking a human-grade source of ivermectin, an antiparasitic agent. And because of its action on cellular replication and binding, it may or may not have a prophylactic or a healing effect on those infected with COVID. Only way to find out is to do research. The only way to do research is for people to take it. And if people take it, and they take it properly, and we weren't waging a war that prevented doctors from giving it a try, like doctors do so often when treating things like cancer, It's safe to try. I'll tell you what isn't safe to try is the vaccine. And I'm vaccinated. I took my chances. But I've had bad experiences with the vaccine. I've had bad experiences with Delta COVID. And I would take anything 
to try to not have those experiences. I wouldn't want to take rat poison. I wouldn't want to take DNP. But that's because I know it would put me in a worse position. But something that's been proven safe. You know, FDA approved is safe. I absolutely would take. And we don't seem to be getting any closer to stopping the, the problem that COVID is. With the approaches we're using. So that's pretty curious to me. Why people are so afraid to try something harmless that's different. The one argument that I've gleaned recently from COVIDiots is that they think that the ICUs are going to be overflowing with people who are unvaccinated. And then when that happens, there are going to be other people who are perfectly healthy but have life-threatening incidents happen that have nothing to do with COVID and they'll need to go to the ICU and there won't be any ICU beds available to them. They're not talking about morbidly obese people or people who, you know, are, are have a lot of comorbidities. They're saying people who have worked harder to deserve those ICU beds than someone who's unvaccinated is going to need the bed and it's not going to be available. I don't really see the data of where that's happening. Supposedly that's happened in Austin, Texas and some bumfuck nowhere town in Florida. Oh yeah, and uh, Alabama, yeah. But these hospitals had problems before COVID and for business purposes, for capitalist reasons, these hospitals don't expand they don't bring in more good equipment they just take profits and that's what the vaccine companies are doing with these COVID vaccines they're making huge profits to the tune of billions and there's no profit to ivermectin because it's generic now there's, you can't get a patent for it it's already patented and it's in the public sphere it's cheap it's cheap, easy to make available. But maybe these folks are right. Maybe they're right that something else is going to happen and all of our hospitals will be full. We would need the actual data for that. I don't see any data from these people talking about horse dewormers. In a lot of ways, I distill truth for a living, right? Like if I buy a stock, I need it to go up. I need to be right that it's going to go up in value. And if I'm wrong, I'll just go broke, be homeless. I'll tell you, it's harder and harder 
to find consistently true information. I couldn't tell you where to go. I tell you, you can't go to NPR. You can't go to CNN. You can't go to Fox. You can't go to CNBC. You can't go to Zero Hedge. The people on Substack write really great journalism, but they only write about one or two subjects a day or a week. So you can't go get your streaming news from them. Uh, Reuters and AP News are probably your safest bets. That could be a little overwhelming to read and vague, but they're probably your safest bets. And after that, you probably want to read two opposing views. You probably want to read like CNN and Fox or the New York Times and the Washington Post, something like that. And then go on Twitter and see people's posts of independent articles and facts and papers and studies. And then you can guess, but it seems like the days of truth are gone. And that's happened before in this world. The days of Nazi Germany when large groups of people felt like it was a fact that certain colors and creeds needed to be exterminated to have a successful world. And even if they were right that the world would have been better with blonde-haired, blue-eyes people, they, they were way off that they'd be able to beat everybody up and take over the world. And they, they never got to the Muslim countries who would have probably slit all their damn throats. But, I don't know. It's just crazy that Joe Rogan actually does this thing of not getting vaccinated and tries some novel approaches along with keeping himself healthy and gets through it and people aren't like, hey, this is interesting. They're like, uh, it's a horse dewormer that no human's ever taken and he's going to die. They just, they just boldface lie. And when they react that way, they're just devaluing themselves and their audience and everything not objective. If you want people to take, to take you seriously in a few years after the virtue signaling of the day is gone and it's on to the next virtue signaling, you got to try to do some research. You got to try not to be a sheep. You got to try. I wish I could tell you how, but all I can tell you is I'm trying. And when I catch something like this, I'll say it, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I caught it because of lots of school and lots of research and lots of not having a boss so I can study what I want to study. It's hard. It's confusing. The other day I was talking to my grandmother and I was trying to explain TikTok to her. Talk about confusing. 
we were FaceTiming, so I explained that the camera's fixed, and so you, it's it's mostly girls dancing to other people's music who, and the other people aren't getting credit. Usually it's music made by black people. Usually it's like hip-hop or pop or soul, something with some rhythm. And it's usually white girls not really dancing because you can't dance in the FaceTime screen, Grandma. But they're like wiggling a little bit to the beat and they're, they're mouthing some of the words and they're doing like a windshield wiper thing with their arms. And it's supposed to be on beat, but if you take out the music, they, they're just like jerking around. It's really poor dancing. And as I'm describing it to her, I start waxing philosophically. And I say, you know, it's, it's sad that the music videos by the original black artists aren't watched like these TikTok videos that get tens of millions of views. They'll make a song go viral, but then no one goes and listens to the song and runs up the streams or runs up the views or purchases it. Instead, these, these young white girls get the credit and at that point my grandma goes so it's white people not dancing very well stealing black people's music and I was like uh, yeah I, I guess so she says, so like Elvis <laughs> and I was like yes grandma like Elvis except Elvis danced better than these girls and she was like, so why don't they get Elvis? And I was like, well, Grandma, Elvis is dead. And she said, yeah, but don't they have holograms? And I said, ooh, you got me. So I thought a minute. And I said, well, Grandma, don't, don't let me say this wrong. And I'm not trying to be dirty. My grandma's a good Christian woman. But I think a lot of the viewers like watching these young white girls be sexually suggestive and I think that it's on this platform that's mainstream and so it's not like they're on a porn site all day but instead they're on this mainstream app and they can say yeah I'm on TikTok watching you know, food TikToks but really they're watching like 15 and 16 year old girls dance poorly to black adult music usually about sex, like riding boners and stuff. And then I caught myself. I just said, riding what? And I said, you know, riding in nice cars with their boyfriends. And she's like, oh. So it's like the Beatles. And I laughed. And she's like, why is that funny? The, the Beatles were playing black people's music, but the black people were old. They didn't look as cute as the Beatles. So all those teenage girls. And I'm not going to lie. It wasn't just your mother. I liked looking over her shoulder at them on TV. Watched, liked watching them kind of try to dance around and dance. Try kind of liked watching them kind of try to dance to the black music and try to play soul music. It was more fun to watch. 
we would put the soul records, the real records on it at home, but we would watch the Beatles when they were on TV. There was no reason to watch the people who made the soul records because we had their records. I was like, wow, Grandma, this is really interesting. TikTok doesn't sound that new. She was like, yeah, it doesn't sound new, but I'll tell you what, it sounds stupid. And I laughed and I said, why, Grandma? And she said, well, the, it doesn't sound like these TikTok girls are making anything. At least Elvis could sing. And at least the Beatles made their own songs. They just sounded like others, but they're just like mouthing things and doing windshield wipers over other people's songs in the background. I said, yes. And she said, well, at least they're not getting paid. At least the musicians are the ones making money. And I said, oh, Grandma, these TikTok girls have tens of millions of followers, and they make more than the music artists. They're multimillionaires. They live out here in California with me, except they live in the nice neighborhoods with the mansions like in Hollywood. She was like, I don't, so they don't, they don't do anything and they, they live in Hollywood. I thought Hollywood was for the, for movie stars and the people who made the movies and musicians like Elton John. No, not in COVID land, grandma. No, there's, there's a, a girl named, uh, I think Dixie or Charlie and she doesn't dance. She just makes like suggestive smiles and everybody knows who she is. And I, I think she might've turned 18, but she's still maybe less than 18. I don't really know. I can't watch her because that's perverted. So that's confusing to me because I know so many people do watch her and they don't say that they're perverts. And her mom is like in charge of her TikTok. And I don't think anybody really says that it's creepy. She said, well, we said that Elvis was creepy back then. And I said, well, Grandma, was Elvis creepy? And she said, well, the things we said were creepy weren't. But it turns out he was creepy and he liked underage girls. And I said, Grandma, I got to go because I'm really seeing some patterns here. We thought TikTok was a new thing. And she said, oh, honey, the only thing that's new is man-made viruses and the government pretending they didn't make them. And I said, I love you, Grandma. I got to go to the gym now. She said, I love you too, grandson. Don't hurt anybody in their fighting. I said, Grandma, you know that I have no control over that. And she says, I know, I just don't need to hear that too. Does Candace Owens own real estate in Texas? If she doesn't, she should.
Texas has throwback politics, throwback to before we had governments or fully developed languages and were writing in Sanskrit. There's no real making sense of politics. I know good politicians and not to speak for them, but I think their goal is to do the best they can in their immediate world and take things as they come. And if they pay too much attention to what else is out there or who is on their team, it doesn't end well. There's a lot of religious interpolation into their conservative views or their right-wing or Republican views. I have no problem with people injecting their religion into their politics and every aspect of their life. Uh, I don't know how people are supposed to live. Maybe that's the right way. But I have to believe that consistency matters. And people who want their rights to be reflected by what's said in the Bible, but have such strong opinions on gun laws, i.e. in Texas. And I'm pro-gun. And I'm personally pretty uh, against a ton of gun control. But guns weren't in the Bible. They didn't have guns at the time the Bible was written. Did they have abortion? They didn't have abortion the way we know it today. Did they have drugs? Yes, they absolutely had drugs. Marijuana is used multiple times in the Bible, just through different names and symbolism. The burning bush was likely a DMT derivative. Yet, Texas is big on drug laws. They're one of the last states to still not allow marijuana. But they talk about them being a free state. Really, they're just talking about guns and animals. The whole abortion thing tends to go along the lines of Christianity. Christians are the ones who are really anti-abortion and uh, want laws restricting abortion. That's not really freedom. So unfortunately, the Texas brand of conservatism, which isn't about the individual's right to choose anything, doesn't help a conservative cause because it makes it more confusing, it makes it inconsistent, and it makes it easier for the liberal side to argue. And <clears throat> what's unfortunate about that from a strategic standpoint is that liberals have a lot of inconsistencies in their policies and, and stances because they try so hard to be all-inclusive, which leads to a lot of contradiction. So if conservatives, Republicans just said, we, we want to be small government, large individual rights, personal freedom, it would be so much easier. It'd be so much easier to get people on board with it. It'd be so much easier to do less with taxes. But they don't do that. 
and maybe there's a big conspiracy. It's a very popular conspiracy that Democrats and Republicans are in cahoots. They want to confuse people, and they want, ultimately, for government to just be perpetuated. So Republicans don't really want little to no taxes because they really want to be able to put money where they desire it to go. You look at the spending that was done in the stimulus and on the military by Republicans during the pandemic. And then you look at like the spending cuts done by uh, Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom. And it's fairly inconsistent. But generally speaking, I believe that most voting Republicans want lower taxes and some semblance of smaller government. But they also want the government to make all these policies controlling what people can do with their bodies. It's ironic in Texas that Texas is anti-drug, anti-plant medicine, anti-abortion, pro-cholesterol. They're huge on barbecue. And they're literally huge. Texas has as many, if not more, fat people as Florida. And those two are the the biggest states. You know, that Florida gets a lot of help. They've got great recruitment because they're able to recruit the fatties from New York and Chicago and the rest of the Midwest who go retire down there after they've had decades and decades of eating to get ahead of the game. And a lot of Texans are natives, and they've just had to do it with a high-fat diet and a lot of uh, sweet tea and cornbread. They add extra sugar to their baked beans. But Texas laws and, and that version of Republican is not into health. They don't want people avoiding using marijuana because of health. They don't care about health. They let you buy all the cigarettes you want, and they're at the top of the food chain when it comes to eating too many calories. And obesity is the number one contributor to premature death and morbidity around the world. It's not smoking cigarettes. It's not using drugs. It's not even drinking. It's obesity. Speaking of drinking, Texans love their beer. Texans love their whiskey. Texans make great vodka, Tito's. They aren't free. They're very far from free. And poor Candace Owens has very consistent ideals. And poor Candace Owens has ideals that are very consistent with Texas. Man, Candace Owens has so much talent, and she really is doing a good job of capitalizing on it. She's beautiful. She's well-spoken. She's a contrarian. She goes the opposite way of most people that are the same race and the same uh, background as her. She's crossed over well to people with wealth by marrying a white man. She's found herself in, in positions within the media to get a lot of a lot of the spotlight. She's done great. She could be a force of good or a force of consistency. 
Her goal is probably to make as much money as she possibly can and to go the way of of Tucker Carlson and Hannity and Bill O'Reilly and the many controversial conservative figures that have come before her, Rush Limbaugh, to just perpetuate the hysteria and appeal to people's sympathetic nervous systems so she can get more views, so she can get more ad revenue, she can get more people tuning in. Because she says really inflammatory stuff on purpose. And we'll even admit to that. And the argument uh, the, where they pretend it's logic, the argument is that if I don't push back and make these, these stands and say these extreme things, then there's, there's no point of reference for us to fall back on or work with or bring attention to and the liberal ideologies will be able to permeate. So I have to push back in a shocking way. Maybe that's true. But what it's done over time is it's made her contradict herself a lot. And she's really upset now that a COVID testing site didn't want to test her. And she's provided a lot of misinformation about the situation, saying that they're funded federally and by the state, and that they wouldn't allow her into the center. But the reality is, is they aren't funded, and they've shown the paperwork, and she wanted them to come to her, her hotel in Colorado. She wanted her, them to come to her, which is an extra service. She could have just gone to a testing center. She chose not to do that, and then she chose to make a stink about them not coming to her. And this is a woman who said that conservatives shouldn't be tested for COVID and should deny the tests. And she shouldn't have said that if she wanted to get tested. There are different ways with more nuance to speak. She could have raised questions, right? And I'm sure she has on her podcast and in discourse, but the tweet she posted Twitter is a place of record. Said that conservatives just shouldn't be tested. Well, you you spoke something into existence. Now you're not getting tested at a single testing center, which really isn't that big a deal. But that's where she's at. And she's constantly talking about less government and control. And they're trying to control you and they're trying to warp your mind. And then out of left field comes, but God doesn't want you to abort babies. I don't know where I stand on abortion. I, I tend to lean towards it. it should just be up to the woman. But I definitely don't want to bring God into it if I'm trying to argue politics, right? Because God probably doesn't care about your guns and God probably doesn't care about your tax rates if there are people in Somalia suffering. I kind of came to that stance, spending time with my grandmother who is a 
devout Baptist and she's always had some strange views and they caused a lot of tension and division in the history of my family, not just her, but the other uh, evangelical type people on that side of my family. And for instance, one of her views is that everything that happens to us in life is what God wants. And she's anti-abortion and anti-birth control because God chooses who he wants to get pregnant. And when a woman gets pregnant, it's what God wanted. And I clarified with her, right? I've been one of the only people in our family to have ever asked her the tough questions. So if a woman gets raped, that's what God wanted. And her answer is yes. If a woman is addicted, if a woman is addicted to drugs and has a crack baby, that's what God wants. Yes. If a woman's going to die, she takes a uh, pregnancy to term. Is that what God wants? Yes. However, her husband, my grandfather, due to his uh, semi-poor genetics and definitely poor health habits, started needing bypass surgeries and all sorts of medications starting at the age of 40. And he lived until he was in his 70s. And they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, actually, they didn't. They used the government because he was a military man. So the government paid for most of his care. They didn't, they didn't do it on their own. They weren't independent in doing that. And they don't think that we should have universal health care, but she thinks she should have universal health care. Anyway, I digress. He had problems for over 30 years of his life. And what God wanted was for us to continue to use science to prevent him from dying. There's an inconsistency with that. I'm not saying God doesn't want all of this. And I'm not saying God does. What I'm saying is there's some inconsistency coming from the people who make these arguments. And a lot of times those arguments align with a certain religious ideology and then political ideology, right? Extreme Christian, extreme Republican, or as I might call him, a Texas Republican. I find myself probably identifying, I don't identify as anything, but someone would probably label me like a libertarian. But I do want some universal things, like I would like to see a universal emergency care. If you go to the emergency room, get some big affliction, some big accident, then it's not going to be the end of your life financially. And I believe in lower taxes. I believe in encouraging spending. I believe in a lot of aspects of free market. But then I, I also believe in things like ending the war on drugs. It's mysterious to me that these people who want small government want to control things that cannot kill you, right? Like, for instance, a mushroom or cannabis, they, they can't do anything to you. They give you a bad night. All of it wears off within six hours. And 
the less than 1% of the population who has like schizophrenic tendencies, they, they get triggered by all sorts of things. It's not just drugs. So they're, they're the person that has to be checked on. It's not the drugs. Cause that's an argument that some people make like Alex Berenson. Well, marijuana can cause people who are going to become schizophrenic to become schizophrenic. And it's like, well, but I'm not schizophrenic. Yeah, so anyway, I just think all that's interesting. This is just the inconsistencies. People want to have inconsistent arguments. They want to pretend ivermectin wasn't made for humans and hasn't been a miracle drug for humankind. And they're turning it into horse memes. They want to protect individual freedom to have as many guns and killing machines as you want, but you can't go to a doctor and abort a fetus. You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I want guns in my house. I don't have a kid. I, I just am sitting here from the sidelines, looking at inconsistencies and consistencies, and kind of watching how it plays out. And when it comes to the economics, I'm kind of trying to set stock positions appropriately, so I can make money off of all the speculation I do. Like when I'm ranting on here, <clears throat> I realize this is part of my understandings of the world that's able uh, allowed me to have really good returns since I started investing, trading, whatever each year. It's, it's less about knowing, picking a, a penny stock that's going to become worth a million dollars and instead understanding where the trends of the worlds are going and, and what industries are important and shit like that. So I'm not saying you should believe one thing or another. I'm just saying I'm I'm checking myself all of the time for consistencies and inconsistencies. Candace Owens either doesn't or everything she's doing is on purpose just to rile people up. I don't know which one it is. I'm just looking at it's 50-50. Let's see where that goes, you know. Maybe she becomes a real force and maybe she becomes a presidential candidate and maybe that's something that's going to really move the S&P 500 one day. I don't know. I want to keep my eye out. I want to be aware right now though freedom which really dictate the direction of a country is in jeopardy because we've really lost sight of what that word means freedom isn't independence people who talk about freedom are are now trying to you know make people have have tracking devices put on their phones and prove vaccinations even though vaccinations don't stop the don't stop the spread of what's going on and it's just all um it's all pretty scary. And if people don't step back and create a consistent worldview, it's going to stay just as confusing and as muddled. And when things turn into a scramble, just like in a fight, that's when there's an opportunity for someone to take over, right? Somebody might be handily winning a fight and then they slip and the other guy tries to capitalize on that slip and they go to the ground and they're wrestling for a minute and all of a sudden the guy who's been winning the fight and beating the guy up puts his head in the wrong place and gets choked unconscious and we want our freedom and now there's this panic and we're scrambling around trying to figure out how to deal with covid and people are pretending that we know and they're making you know inaccurate statements left and right 
And in that scramble, it would be terrible if we ended up losing being the freest, most independent country in the world.